Welcome to the first TJS Extra. The Jazz Session is a show where I mostly interview jazz musicians, but every once in a while I want to bring you into another aspect of the jazz world, like on today's show, where you'll meet the two guys behind the Rochester International Jazz Festival. I'm Jason Crane, and this is a TJS Extra. Lesson one, basic hip. My guests are John Nugent and Mark Iacona, co-producers of the Rochester International Jazz Festival, now in its sixth edition, running from June 8th to 16th in Rochester, New York. You can find out all about it at rochesterjazz.com, and no matter where you are in the country, it's worth finding out about, because it's already been name-checked by the New York Times as one of the festivals to see, and folks have flocked to Rochester from all over the country, which, believe me, is not a phrase people in Rochester are used to saying. So uh, it's really, really exciting to have the Jazz Fest here, and I welcome you guys to the show. Nice to be here, Jason. Thanks, Jason. So, John, let me start with you. Why Rochester, New York? I always say, why not Rochester, New York? Because uh, it's a great town. There's a lot of great things here. A lot of great uh, arts history, great venues, good audiences, and uh, it's you know it's a great place to be. And and I think after six years of coming here, and knowing the, the goofball partner that I know, he's a great guy. You'll talk to, he'll talk in a minute. But uh, there's a lot of great people. And I'm just being funny. I moved my family here, and it's we're on the uptick, so we're really excited about it. Well, I have to say, uh, you know, I've been here in Rochester since uh, the festival started and, and was broadcasting at it from the beginning, and it's just amazing to watch it grow. Mark, uh, what made you want to be involved with this festival, and what made you think it was the right thing for Rochester? Well, I, I definitely thought uh, what John brought, the concept that he brought to Rochester, was definitely going to make Rochester shine. I've always been a lover of the, the arts, especially music, and over the last 15 years, I basically fell in love with jazz. So when this came to town and I was approached originally as a corporate sponsor, didn't even know John, and one thing led to another where our our paths crossed. And if they didn't, I probably wouldn't be involved. And then, you know, John can tell you maybe the festival wouldn't be here in Rochester. We had great conversations, and I said, well, you're going to stay here. We need this talent here. We need your, your skill set here. And I want to learn about it, and I want to become involved. I did not want to be a silent partner. So uh, I think he embraced that as well, and, and it's you got two guys that love the music, passionate for the arts, and want to run it uh, a well-greased machine so that people come back year after year. And tell folks what your business is so they know. Who I'm you president and owner of Simcone Electronics. So um, what the festival's done for th- that business, uh, we're bringing in people from all over the country in terms of our customer base, our suppliers, which those people are all staying in hotels and eating and, and going to retail stores. So it's been a it's a, a double win for me personally, and and I owe it to John. You know, I wouldn't be involved in this if he didn't bring it here. I've always used the example of Montreal. Uh, if you figure, you know, more than a million people, if each person spends a hundred bucks, it's an amazing you know amount of cash flow into the Montreal area. Here in Rochester, a couple of years ago, I did the math based on the attendance here in Rochester and figured out that if the attendance doubled in ten years, we could wipe out our county budget deficit. Like that was an amount equal to what the county budget um, deficit was. That's that's a little bit that's of a little a dream. dicey. Well, I'll, I but will it's tell amazing you for a fact that the Montreal city of Montreal measuredly marks a forty-five million dollar income to the city coffers you know in all forms from their 10-day festival up there 
every year. And that's maybe four times the amount of economic impact that we have here. We're in a city that's you know, less than half the size, and we're in our sixth year. They're in their 26th, 27th year. They get multi-millions uh, in government and corporate support. They have about 150 more shows a year than we have. We have 200-plus this year. They have over 350. The scope and surroundings that we have here in the East End of Rochester are no less than what they have in the downtown core of Montreal. And we're finally getting the city and the, and the government thinkers, uh, the planners, the people that run the city, understanding our vision. And I, I hope in a bit of time that uh, the East Avenue concept will also expand a little bit more so we can do shows on the clock from noon through midnight. There's an Rotate. 11 rotating and and you what you see in Montreal is you see blocks of thousands of people move from stage to stage around the downtown and as they're going along they'll buy a beer hot dog they'll have a buy a t-shirt or you know they'll sit in the common area and and hang out and then then they'll have a big show one big huge show that'll draw over 100,000 people for one show downtown right on Place des Arts and we can do that here we certainly have modeled our concept after what they've done there were a mini Montreal in our seventh year, sixth year, we're probably where Montreal was in their 13th or 14th year right now. But I think to your point, Jason, I think that uh, what we have here and what we're doing is, is a marquee event. To your point, I think what we're doing is we're a catalyst for other people to emulate. Obviously, we don't want to have another jazz festival here, and I, I'm pretty sure that, that they know where the, where the players to do that. But there are other events that can come out of our event that will then, from that economic activity, that could happen. Now you have events one after another through the summer months and into the fall months because we have a great fall here. Then I think your your statement of that kind of an impact could happen. You know, just talking about, uh, I want to, after the next, next question, get into the music and what we're going to see here this year. But just one more comment about the festival kind of as, a, as an entity or as a reality. When you're on the streets in Rochester, like on a Tuesday night, and there's thousands of people around you, and there's live music out in the street. I mean, you have to check your head for a minute and say, I'm in downtown Rochester, New York. It's exactly. so amazing to see that. And uh, I mean, I, I've been a big fan of the festival since day one, and you know, always try to preach the festival gospel. And man, I'll tell you, when you're out there on the streets and you're seeing the downtown of Rochester packed with people, you think this has got to be the right direction for our city to go in. Absolutely. Well, and, and you know, it's, it's obvious that the city government sees that as well with the support that is public now and they've given us quite a nice increase in support consequently we're able to spend more on talent bring bigger name artists bring more people that aren't necessarily like the people that are listening to the show or are true jazz lovers well we're bringing people that aren't necessarily true pure jazz lovers to this event so they can be exposed to the music that is the lowest selling in our in our country right now i mean we need to increase the amount of jazz fans people that are, are hip to miles and ella and train and bird and diz and everybody else in the historic pantheon of jazz they don't know anything about that they only know james brown or jerry lee lewis this year jerry lee lewis is almost sold out right so there's your there's your answer there that those people that bought a Jerry Lee Lewis ticket they're going to be down in the east east end they're going to see a free show with a, a blues or a jazz act and they're going to hear see wow what's going on here ooh I need to tell my friends and that's what's caused the snowball effect I was on the phone here before I came in with someone no intentions of coming to the jazz festival at all and I mentioned mentioned free entertainment I mentioned rust, rusted root I love rusted root well now that I get them down here they're coming with a group of people 
when I know that they're here, because I know these people well, I am going to grab them and bring them down to Gibbs Street, and I'm going to expose them to the true American art form. And hopefully there's going to be some kind of you know, stimulus that they're going to say, I like this music. So we would never get them down to Rochester, down in the city, if we just try to drive the jazz at them. But that's what we're all about, though. If you look at, John, what, over 85% of the programming – What's is 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 jazz bass or standard? Absolutely. Based? Oh, no question about it. I mean, you know, the big name free open air shows. If you're going to draw ten, twelve, fourteen thousand people, it's tough to do that with an acoustic bebop saxophone player. No matter who it is. I mean, Sonny Sonny Rollins might draw five thousand for free, but he won't draw twenty thousand. And Lost Lonely Boys will. Rusted Root will. Toots and the Maytals will. And these are the types of popular acts that. You know, jazz festivals worldwide now are bringing in pop groups to help draw the audience to fund. If we could get, you know, the creative modern avant-gardists bringing 10,000 people down, that would be awesome. But I don't think this, the ears of the American public are that in tune with where creative improvised music is right now. Maybe in 100 years they will be, and, and the music that's way out right now will be way in in 100 years. We don't know that, you know. Well, you're, you're not talking to a purist. I think you guys are doing exactly the right thing. Would you rather have 10,000 people who know all the obscure facts or 100,000 people who dig music and are helping totally. our city? So we're in the same boat. All right, let's talk about some of the folks that you guys are bringing in. You've already mentioned Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, let's talk about some of the other Eastman Theater shows, which just Solomon night in, night Burke. out. Solomon Burke, Raul Me Dawn on the opening night. Solomon Burke is a real legend king of soul and R&B, and he's one of the – biggest guys we've tried to get here for the last five years who it's going to be tough is van morrison that's his favorite singer solomon burke he's invited solomon to sing with him and his they're honoring him at montreux switzerland the only one guy he wanted to bring was solomon burke he's not well known you know the ticket sales are slow right now for him but i think that they'll pick up and and that'll be one of the high high and raul Midon is fantastic too then you got jerry lee lewis then you got a double bill of Real great jazz artists, Jean-Luc Ponty with his band, and then Trio Beyond with Schofield, uh, Jack DeJohnette, and Larry Goldings. That will probably be the most creative show in the whole event. But go back to Raul. I mean, that's he's a diamond in the rough. Mm. I mean, we had him over. John John booked him over at Max. At, at Max, Max yeah. And at Milestones, yeah. right? I saw him there, too. Yeah, he yeah. played solo, solo sets, and people were, wow. He was awesome. awesome. Yeah. He came back, and he opened for Benson here last fall, and yep. now he's coming back to open for for Solomon Burke, and it's a good double bill. So that'll be nice. The trio, Schofield yep. show. Brubeck. Then you got the Brubeck. Brubeck called me up and said, I want to come back and play for you guys. I've loved it the last two times. Some of my best concerts I've given in 25 years. Got to come back. So he's coming back. He's 85 years old, 86. Then went in with the Lincoln Center Orchestra doing Congo Square with Yakubadi's Odata. Going to be awesome. Tell folks what that is who, who don't well, know. Well, it's a, it's a, a 90-minute show of uh, homage to African rhythm and where the music came from and the heritage of uh, African-American culture. It's what that show is all about. So, you know, it'll be Af- very African, very drum-oriented, a lot of rhythm. A lot of percussion with a great orchestra playing. It should be a phenomenal show. I think it'll be really, really great. Then you got Madeline Peru and Dr. John on a double bill Friday night, as well as the free shows with Maceo Parker and, and Toots and the Maytals that night. So I think all the shows at the Eastman are, are very strong this year. Um, Club Pass Series has got a just 
endless amounts of great acts. And for people who have never been to the Rochester Jazz Festival, we should probably tell them what the club pass is and, and what that deal is all about. Sure. It, a great concept. Again, something that uh, when John and I first started talking, I said, what are your ideas uh, for, for the festival growing? And he said, this is what I'm going to go to, and it's a, called a club pass. Great value. Doesn't guarantee that you're going to get in, but the value for the pass and the number of artists that you can see, you can go to seven different venues now, which is a phenomenal value if you think about it. If we're going to be charging, most of these places, if you if you went to these artists in New York City, you're going to be paying minimum forty bucks to get in, uh, twenty dollars at the door. But if you buy the club pass, which is now up to one hundred and nineteen dollars, but it started at nine ninety nine. And by the way, we don't charge the surcharges. It's coming from Ticketmaster. Um, you can go into all these events all week long at the seven different venues. doesn't get you into the Eastman, but it gets you into all the seven, seven club pass venues. The cool thing about that is that let's say you and I go out and we go check out something at Max. I really like the artist, and you say, I thought I was going to like this. And, you know, you can leave quietly and go into another venue if it's not full and take in that artist and, and listen to the rest of that set and then come back to another uh, set. So you literally can go to three shows a night. Easily. People go to four or five venues. And, and you know, we're, we're totally cool with people getting up and going out, especially from the big tent, going over to the Harrow East this year, which is new, or into the Lutheran Church. You know, you can get up and go. And some venues are more, con- like, really concert-oriented without a bar, and they're, they're like the Kilbourn Hall or in, in Lutheran. Uh, Harrow will have a full-services bar over there. Um, Montage High Fidelity will have full-service bars. Max of Eastman Place as well, the big tent. So, um, you know, you can get up and move around and, and go experience all the different sounds. And if there's seats or a room to get in, uh, you know, the Club Pass series only has a few hundred passes left. They will sell out, you know, and you can still go. If you don't have a pass, you can still get in. It's Having a pass doesn't guarantee you entrance. It only means you get more value for the more shows you go to. And you still have to get in line like everybody else. If you want to go hear one act in the festival and you don't have a pass, Go really early before the show, queue up, and you're going to get in. Simple as that. The other thing, Jason, is that, again, emerging artists, that's what this thing's all about. You know, there are, there are people that we don't need to go into all the different names, but people that are now um, on the scene and they're mainstream in the jazz arena as well as some R&B. Um, it, it's a great thing. You're seeing some names that maybe might not come back through here or they're going to come back through at the Eastman and the ticket price is going to be higher. Great stuff uh, on that club pass, and and you know what? It's not a jam session. They're playing their set, but when they when they're taking solos and they feel the vibe in those small clubs, these guys put on performances that they might not do at the next gig that they go to. You know, from one venue to the next, the audience is here in Rochester. They get into it, and the audience when the audience is into it, it's like you know a pro athlete playing in front of twenty thousand screaming fans. It's like a it's like an extra it's like a power play. And that's what it feels like for musicians, getting that buzz, the electricity from the audience, and they elevate their game. And I should say it stuns me that this is true, but almost everyone who listens, or most of the listeners to this show, the couple thousand who listen each week, are from outside of Rochester. They're from all over the country and the world. But in any case, the the point being that many people who listen to the show actually have never heard of Rochester probably until this minute, except that I occasionally mention it on the podcast because I interview artists when they come through. And for folks who uh, for folks who know nothing about Rochester, can't even picture in their minds the clubs that we're talking about, don't know what the downtowns look like. I just got to say that I mean I've been to festivals all over the place, and 
that Rochester is a festival town during the Jazz mm-hmm. Fest. I mean, it is a it is a nonstop really? party. There's music every place, and uh, f- talk about value for your money. I mean, I just don't think you're going to find it very many places like this. It's really worth traveling here to see. You know, like New Orleans inside the racetrack for the Heritage Festival. You go from tent to tent to tent, and, you, and you, it's a, it's warm. It's People are moshed up against each other. There's lineups here. You know, people move about. It's You know, some of the shows are jammed to capacity. And, and that's all part of the festival experience, you know. And, and we keep saying over and over, it isn't who you know. It's who you don't know. Come out and experience something new. And, and that's what... Why have a festival if it's, you know, the same stuff all the time? Yeah. You know, um, one thing we didn't talk about and where this guy plays every night, we're beat. We're both beat at the end of the night. And I said, are you going? He goes, I got to. I've done it every year. Is the jam session. And you know what? Some neat stuff happens there that will never happen again. Legends will come in and play. I mean, these guys that are all staying at the crown, um, rhythm sections that are coming in and playing, and then every night he'll get up and, and play at the end of the night. We got a great ambassador that's running that thing, Bob Snyder, who's from Rochester, and uh, he runs it for us. And, and then John will get up there and play at the end of the night. But what happens there? I mean, Wycliffe Gordon last year was making the, the trombone sound like a like a, five different types of animals, you know. And and the this, the creativity that comes out of that, I don't believe people really appreciate what's happening there. But there are a handful of people that really do, and you see them walking around. They're like zombies the next day because they're going. They say, I can't do this anymore. I said, do what? I'm working, and I'm going to the festival, and then I'm staying up till 2.30, and I, I have to start taking you vacation to stay I'm in Rochester. Not, my fiddle is not out. You know, Get out and have a good time. <laughs> that's right. I want to ask you one more question before we close, and that's about the international artists uh, who come to Rochester mm-hmm. each year as part of this festival, one of the real hallmarks of this festival. And uh, for folks – you know, John, who aren't familiar with you, you also produce the Stockholm uh, Jazz mm-hmm. Fest and starting this year, the Paytech Jazz Festival in Baltimore, which looks really exciting. But uh, one cool thing about your international relationships is that that brings to Rochester a lot of folks mm-hmm. that even some of the hardcore jazz heads have never heard of and are yeah. just amazed by. And it's really well, exciting. Talk about this that. This year is no exception. And, you know, we I, la- I remember last summer, there's a guy I know very well who runs the Rikskonserter, which is the Swedish equivalent to... Uh, what could I say in Rochester that's equivalent to it? It's it's kind of like Hochstein, but but they also have an outreach program that goes around the nation of Sweden. And this guy's name is Bengt Strokirk. And Bengt used to run the jazz club Fasching, which was the jazz club in Sweden for 15 years or so. He was the programmer there. And he's a good friend. He's coming to the festival this year with a contingent from around Scandinavia. And I said, Bengt, you know what? Our festival in Rochester is really becoming hipper. And I've had the sliding hammers here and uh, a few other Nordic artists over the last five years. I said, why don't we do a series? And I said, you, we were in New York, and you have, you have Nordic Jazz Now, which is a contingency of all the different countries under one umbrella. Why don't you bring that organization here? He says, well, let's check into it. And we did, and we've they got funding for the international travel. We've got some support from the Scandinavian American Foundation in New York City. So we're bringing nine bands, uh, 29, 30 musicians. No, at a new venue. To a new venue at the Lutheran Church, which is a, if if you're not a churchgoer, it's one of the prettiest jewels in downtown Rochester. It's a 550 seat. We're going to transform that into a like talent studios in Oslo, Norway, which is a one of the great recording places in in Northern Europe that ECM used. It'll be a wonderful venue. Two shows at 7:30 and 9:30. 
there will be another thing to do between the 6 o'clock and the 10 o'clock show if you're not going to the Eastman or the 8.30 show. So now it's 6, 6.15, 6.30, 7.30, 8.30, 8 o'clock, 8.30, 9.30, 10 o'clock, and 10.30. You can't say that there's nothing going on. <laughs> right. you know, if anybody complains this year, tell them to come see me and I'll kick them in the butt. You know? <laughs> I would, hey, I would retract do that. that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to edit we're, that last one. We're lovers, out. not fighters. We're, okay, we're, okay. We're lovers, not the crowd. <laughs> I'm only joking. Well, John Nugent and Mark Icona, it's been a real pleasure talking to you guys and wish you all the best of luck for many years to come. Thanks, Thanks Jason. Jason. I'm Jason Crane, and you've been listening to a TJS Extra, a look at another aspect of the world of jazz. You can find this and all the regular podcast interviews with musicians at thejazzsession.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye.